0: Good evening. I want to welcome you to Element City Church, uh, and thank you so much for, you know, normally you would come here. We'd all be gathering here in this room, uh, but for the last six months, you've been inviting us into your home. And so we just want to say thanks for allowing us to be guests with you. Uh, But hey, great news. Next week is going to be our first week. We're coming back. So we're going to be meeting. There's a few people in the room. They're raising the roof right now. Uh, It's still 2006 in here, apparently. But we're excited that next week you can join us if you want. So uh, we're going to continue to do the online services. So we know that some people, uh, it's just, it's not comfortable for you to still be in public or you've got kids or you've got those underlying health conditions and you want to be careful so we're going to continue to do our live streams uh, but we're asking if you're showing up next week just make sure you bring a mask with you let's make sure that we try to do our best to do the social distancing uh, or physical distancing I believe is what they want us to say who cares at this point just keep the six feet apart so that we can stop the spread of COVID I think I was supposed to hashtag that or something as well. Uh, but anyway, we're excited for that. So uh, two more announcements. You already know what they are. One, we've got an app. So if you don't have the app, pick that up. That's where you can do your giving. Uh, that's where you can see sermon notes, uh, all, the, all the fun stuff uh, through there. You can even get playlists, by the way, of the, the worship songs that we do. Uh, and not a lot of people comment about that. So if you like that, maybe drop a note in the comments uh, section below Uh, because that's the second announcement, is that we've got some awesome hosts on the live stream. So if you have any questions about anything, make sure you reach out to them. Just pop it in the chat, and they'll be happy to reach out uh, to that. So uh, we're going to start with a word of prayer. And uh, as we pray, we also want to remember our Church of the Week. And this week it is Rising Star Baptist Church. They've been in existence since 1976, when I was looking at them here in Tucson. Uh, Pastor, sorry, Reverend Lewis has been their pastor since the late 80s. That's awesome. Uh, So we want to pray for them, just pray God's blessing over them. And as we pray, we want to start tonight a little differently because we want to sing a blessing over you as well. Uh, Once again, we're guests in your home, and we know that. And so we just want to bring a blessing into your home and sing that over you. And maybe that's something that will just open your heart uh, tonight or whenever throughout this week you're watching this to where uh, you'll want to sing along. Uh, Maybe not just with that song, but it's just going to take your heart to a deeper place because you want to experience all that the Lord has for you. Uh, So join me in prayer. So Father, tonight, we just want to lift up Rising Star Baptist Church, and thank you for the the church there. Thank you for their people. Thank you for the impact that they've been able to have in Tucson, uh, goodness, for almost 50 years. That's awesome. And so Lord, we just pray your favor upon them. We pray your blessing over them, uh, and Reverend Lewis, uh, and all of their leadership, all of their staff. Just pray, Lord, that uh, you would uh, enlarge their reach. uh, So wherever they are, Uh, would you just allow them to go a little bit beyond that, to reach out into their community, uh, to bring people to Christ, just to bring the gospel message, the gospel truth uh, into people's lives and to to call people out of the darkness and into the glorious light that you've set before us. Uh, So we thank you for them and their impact. And we just pray tonight uh, that you would move, whether it be through the worship, whether it be through Pastor David's message, uh, whatever it may be, God, we want your Holy Spirit to have free reign tonight, to do whatever he wants to do. So we just give you our hearts now, uh, we give you our attention, all of our affections, and we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. let There's nothing that our God can't do, amen.
1: You yeah, just want to You calm the storm that surrounds me. You just want to The darkness has to retreat. And yeah, just one touch, I feel the presence of heaven. Yeah, just one touch, my eyes will open to see my heart. with just a word yeah just one word and you revive every dream in just one touch I feel the power of heaven in just one touch my eyes were open to see my heart power like the power of Jesus. So let faith arise. Let all agree. There's no power like the power of Jesus. I will believe. Alright. For greater things. There's no power like the power of Jesus. So let faith arise.
2: How high the mountain I could not climb In desperation to heaven and Spoke your name into the night Then through the darkness Your loving kindness Tore through the shadows of my soul. The work is finished, the end is written. Jesus Christ, my living home. Who could
1: imagine so great a Bye.
3: for this opportunity to be here with you, to worship you, make a joyful noise from the top of our lungs to the bottom of our heart. We love you. We are thankful that you are alive. We're thankful that we don't have a faith that's dead. We're thankful that we don't have hope that's dead because in the rising of Jesus Christ, he's alive, and so is our faith and our hope in you. So because of that, we're truly grateful and we love you deeply father we pray for david as he comes up here to give you or give the church your message to them we pray that no matter where they are whether they're here in this building or if they're online listening that they receive your message they receive it no matter where they are in their walk with you we're thankful to you lord we love you in jesus name we pray
4: Amen, amen. Good evening, Element City Church. Good to see you guys out there. And there's even a few sneaks in the top there. Uh, Good to see you guys. Uh, Look forward to next week, us all coming back together. Um, Look forward to that and look forward to seeing you guys then. Hey, we are back to talking about the culture of the kingdom and the calling of the church. I, I love even just saying that. The culture of the kingdom. I love the culture that came with Jesus Christ. What he taught, how he showed us how to live, the way he brought forgiveness and atonement, the way he brought new creation and new life in his spirit. That is the part of the culture of the kingdom. The Sermon on the Mount, go back and read Matthew 5 through 7. That whole whole sermon is really just... Full of what it is to talk about the culture of his kingdom, what it is to enter this life. And so we're continuing to talk about this and uh, we're going to turn to 1 John uh, chapter 2 verse 6 and we're going to read it in four different translations uh, just because I think, I don't know, maybe this verse isn't in your Bible. I kind of found it in mine the other day and it's It's something I think we need to grab a hold of and look at. Uh, First in the NAT translation, it says, the one who says he resides in God ought himself to walk just as Jesus walked. And again, in the New Testament for everyone translation, anyone who says, notice that each one of these, right? Anyone who says, anyone who confesses, anyone who might think these things, or this thing. In other words, back in the early days in the book of Acts, when they first began to be called Christian, you know why they began to be called Christians? You see, they were in love with Jesus. And everywhere they went, they proclaimed Jesus and his culture, how to live like Jesus. And they did it full of the Spirit all throughout the book of Acts, When it describes different people at different times, it says they were full of the Spirit and full of faith. And so now a few years later, John is writing to say, now if any of you ascribed to that, right? Now, like their world, right? Their world, when they saw this, they called them Christians as kind of a ridicule. Like they're these little Jesus followers. They're these little Christ. It was kind of a little bit of a making fun of them. But the Christian's like, you know what? We like the name." We like to be known as Jesus Christ, to be associated with him and bringing his kingdom. Yeah, that's what we're all about. Yep, we're Christians. And if we're not careful as Christians today, we've we've got a little bit of a reputation. You see, we go to church and we're not so full of the Spirit sometimes. We're running on empty and then we go around calling ourselves Christians and then the world looks at us and looks at how we live and says, no, you're hypocrites. We've heard a little bit about your Jesus and he looks different than you do. But it was just the opposite for him and that's why John is saying this. He says, anyone who says I abide in him ought to behave in the same way he behaved. And in the amplified version, whoever says he lives in Christ, in other words, he's a Christian, That is, whoever says he's accepted him as God and Savior ought as a moral obligation to walk and conduct himself just as he walked and conducted himself. And finally in the NIV, very simply put, whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. What an opportunity it must have been. They knew that there was a coming Messiah. They knew there was going to be a visitation of God during that same time of the Messiah. They hadn't quite put it together yet that God and the Messiah would be one. But they knew that God would move in a great, powerful way at the time of the Messiah. And so for hundreds of years, if not a thousand or more years, they were waiting on this time. And so when Jesus came to their towns, he began to proclaim the gospel of the kingdom. And imagine being there and hearing it. Imagine being there and seeing it, and thinking, I don't know, some of them probably thought, I don't know, this is crazy. I don't want nothing to do with it, and they'd walk away. Others might think, hey, this is pretty interesting, but I'm pretty busy, I need to get back to fishing. Think about if that was you. Have you ever asked yourself that question? I've asked myself that question. Especially as a younger Christian, I constantly kind of wrestled with, If I was living at that time and in that day and Jesus came to my town, how would I have received him? Would I have dropped everything and followed him? Would you have dropped everything and followed him? Later in life, I realized that you can know that answer. Right, it's kind of like, well, unless you're there and in the moment you never know quite maybe what you might do or say, but here's the reality. He sent another comforter. He sent another advocate just like him. In other words, the Holy Spirit that Jesus sent is just like him. And so if you've listened to the Holy Spirit and you walk in the Holy Spirit and you live in the Holy Spirit, then you're the kind of person that would have no doubt dropped everything and followed Jesus. But if you're not the kind of person who's open to the Holy Spirit, following His lead, listening to Him, obeying how He guides you and directs you, submitting your life when He convicts you of sin and corruption in your life, and and everything in your world, everything you give, everything you serve, everything is coming out of the Holy Spirit. If that is you, the Bible would describe you as full of the Holy Spirit. But Christians can be empty. They can be running on empty in the Spirit they can begin to tune him out. Just like many people who followed Jesus in his day, right? Many people followed him, and at one point or another, many of them also quit following him. And this is what I find in churches. This is what I find in believers. And and we need to really take an account. Ask God to search our hearts. Look at our lives. Look at the choices we're making. Look at how we're listening, how we're not listening. Are you listening? Are you hearing? You see, Obedience to Jesus now is not based on any one particular law. It's based on, are you listening to the Holy Spirit and doing what he says? Doesn't matter. See, Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 13, right? He says, even if you sell all your possessions and give to the poor, but if you have not love, it profits you nothing. See, it doesn't matter if you pray. Doesn't matter if you give. Doesn't matter if you serve, doesn't matter what you do, if you're not doing it out of an abundance of the Spirit and a leading of the Spirit, then it's simply flesh. You know, a couple weeks ago we talked about be careful how you build on the temple. And and whether you're building with gold, silver, and precious stones, or hay, wood, and stubble or straw, this is how you know whether you're building with gold or rough straw. Are you doing it by the leading of the spirit? or are you just doing good deeds? Are you doing it out of obligation, or are you doing it out of joy that comes from the Holy Spirit? You see, everything, when we talk about foundations to the church, it starts and ends with Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. That is our foundation. In Jesus Christ, to hear Jesus is to hear the Holy Spirit. When you hear from the Spirit, you're hearing Jesus. And when you hear Jesus, you're listening and obeying the Father as well. You see, it's all connected. You can't separate them. Jesus said this very thing in his own lifetime. He says, if you reject me, then you reject the Father. If you receive me, you receive the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. There's this intimate connection. There's no way to separate the two. And so right now, Jesus is no longer in physical body walking the earth doing ministry. You see, at once it was the Father's turn with Israel. And if Israel followed and obeyed what God said, then they would be full of him and full of his life, and they would receive the inheritance and the promises that he had promised. Then when the Son was here, it was all about the Son. If you follow the Son, then you're going to have life. If you don't follow the Son, then you have no life in you. And now it's the time of the Spirit. Do you have the Spirit? And if you do have the Spirit, you have life. But now the question is, do you have that abundant life? Are you running on empty or are you running on full? And there's a huge difference. When you run on empty, it looks like you're a hypocrite. When you're running on full, it looks like just like what the scripture says. The NIV, the NIV version, whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. That's a pretty high calling. That's a pretty high calling. Let's take a look at, this week we're gonna talk about the fruits of what it looks like to be full of the Spirit. And then next week, we're gonna talk about who, is, who gets to be full of the Spirit. You see, it's God's will that everybody be full of the Spirit. He didn't just give you the Spirit and then it's settled and done. He gave you the Spirit and then calls you to be filled with it, to walk according to him. Just as when Jesus was walking the earth and he would look at his disciples and say, all right, we're going to Jerusalem. And they were like, all right, we're going to get killed, but let's go. You know, do you follow the Holy Spirit in that same kind of way? You want me to go talk to them and say, what? All right, let's go do it. I'm going to look like an idiot, but okay, if that's what you're saying. You want me to give all this money, God? All right, if that's what you're wanting, then I'll give it. You see, it's not about you measuring out how you live and thinking, well, what would make God happy if I gave 5%, 10%, whatever, and and then you settle on your little percent and you give your gifts and and you think you're all good. You're not. What is the Spirit calling you to do? See, that's a scary question. See, it's easy to kind of just figure out all the little checklists you think that need to be checked to make sure God's happy with you, but that does not please God. He's wanting you to be in love with him. That's the culture of the kingdom. And when you're in love with someone, you wanna hear their voice. And when you hear their voice, you respond to that voice. And now everything is lived out of the life of the spirit that he has given us. You see, the new covenant itself, the promise was that he would write his laws in your heart. No longer would it be just in a book written on tablets of stone. Now it would be written in your heart. What's he talking about? He's not talking about a literal writing in your literal heart. He's saying, I'm gonna give you the Holy Spirit and he's gonna to speak to you. And if you listen to him and follow him, you'll obey my commands. You don't listen to him and don't follow him, then you're not following me. You're not listening to me, and you certainly won't be full of me. And that is the big difference. And that, if we're gonna get back to being the church, that city that's set on a hill that's so bright the world can't can't help but notice it, then we need every believer. It's my job, it's your job, to make sure I'm filled, you're filled, we're all filled Right, maybe we make a little cheer thing out of that. One filled, all filled, we all feel. I don't know, something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, you gotta start taking that serious about you and us together and the church at large. Because to live otherwise only puts uh, disrepute upon Jesus and the gospel. Because they know and we know that we're supposed to look like him. So, number one the fruit of somebody's life who has been filled with the Spirit. First and foremost, it's very simple. They proclaim Jesus. They talk about Jesus. They stand up for Jesus. They speak Jesus' things all the time. Every time in the book of Acts, when it talks about them being, and they were filled with the Spirit, that's what they did. There's a little story, In the book of Acts, I think it's in uh, chapter, I think maybe 13, four through 12. And it's a pretty crazy story. You see, Paul's preaching the gospel to one of these rulers. And there's this other guy that's in his ear trying to confuse him and speak against what Paul is saying. And Paul then says, he basically rebukes this guy calls down a curse upon him, and I can't remember now if it was blind or deaf, I think it was blind, causes him to be blind, and then the ruler sees this and says, wow, okay, I'm all in. In other words, have you ever been put in those positions where when you're proclaiming the gospel, there's somebody coming against you? Guess what, that's normal. But when you're filled with the Spirit, you don't care. When you're filled with the Spirit, you just speak the truth in love. You speak it in patience, you speak it with endurance. You don't back down. But look around, look at your own life, look at the life of the church. If we were to draw a five mile radius circle around this church, how many people you think have heard of us, Element City Church? Probably not very many. And you know why? We're not full of the Spirit. Flash, News flash. I look around my life, your life, we're not living like this. We're not full of the Spirit. We have the Spirit, but we've not learned to listen. We've not learned to walk. We've not learned to be empowered and to be full of the Holy Spirit because when we do that, we will proclaim Christ. We will find a way, we will weep on our knees, praying and crying to God to give us opportunity. We will pray for our neighbors. We will weep for our neighbors. We will, we will, you know what, here's a question. I've been pastoring since I was 18, a lot of years. I think that comes close to almost 30 years. In all my years of being a pastor, I've heard all kinds of complaints by people in church. You know the kind of complaints I've never heard? Hey, Pastor Dave, yeah. Why aren't we proclaiming the gospel more to the unsaved? Never got that one time. Hey Dave, how how come we're not more focused on making disciples? Not one time. 30 years, not one believer has ever come up to me and complained that we as the church are not doing those things. But I've heard complaints about colors of carpet. I've heard complaints about the temperature in the room, how loud the music is. I've heard all kinds of complaints. But when it comes to the foundation, when it comes to being full of the Spirit, when it comes to us being bold about proclaiming the gospel, I've never, ever heard a complaint. Now, just stop and think about that. So that has nothing to do with you particularly all out there. That has to do with my whole life, everywhere I've gone. I've not found believers hungry, thirsting, agitated about sharing the gospel. It almost does not exist in the American church because we are not full of the Spirit. That's a big deal, people. Every one of us should be on our knees weeping before him and asking him, fill me with the Spirit. You see, being filled with the Spirit is like a sailboat. When there's no wind, the sailboat can have its sails up and that boat's not going nowhere. But if the sails are down and the wind blows, boat still goes nowhere. You see, it's your job to put the sails up. It's God's job to bring the wind. But if we don't ever have our sails up, the wind can come and go, and we don't know any different. Jesus even warned some of the churches in Revelation chapter two and three, if you don't repent, if you don't turn back to your first love, if if you don't repent from these sins, if you don't repent from this thing or that thing, he says, I'm gonna remove my presence from the midst of you. And that has happened to many churches in America and everything just keeps going right on trucking as if there's nothing different. And now all that's being built is hay, wood, and stubbles. The songs may be good. The preaching may be good. There may be people giving money. There may be people serving the poor. There may be a lot of good works going on, but if it's not being empowered and moved by the Holy Spirit, There's no life in it. I want to read you a quote. At the turn of the 20th century, so so 1900. I know that gets a little confusing sometimes. So the year is coming around to 1900, and there's a pretty famous preacher. Uh, He was the founder of the Salvation Army. We still have Salvation Army things around, and so we're kind of aware of that. Somebody came up to him and asked him, Hey, What do you think the challenges for the church will be for the next 100 years? So from 1900 to 2000, this is what he said. The chief danger that confronts the coming century will be religion without the Holy Spirit. Now religion for him is probably a little different than how that word might mean for you. Religion for him means piety, prayer, giving, serving. In other words, all the practices that we talk about, fellowship, we pray together, we fellowship together, we give money, we, we serve people, those are all pieties, of pra- practices of piety that they would have called religion. And he said, the major danger confronting the church is gonna be all those things without the Holy Spirit. Christianity without Christ, forgiveness without repentance, Salvation without regeneration, politics without God, and heaven without hell. I think that's a very on-point prophetic type word. That he spoke back in 1900, and we're living result. That all those things are pretty prevalent in the church today. People preach that you're forgiven and you don't have to repent. People teach that salvation is just the decision you made and it's got nothing to do with being regenerated by the Holy Spirit. It's all about good works and justice and all of these kinds of things, but if the Holy Spirit's not in it, it's dead works. And it stinks in the nostrils of God. And so we've gotta gotta seek his face. We've gotta put the sails up. How do you put the sails up? first and foremost, you've just got to recognize what I'm talking about. I don't know if you agree with what I'm saying or disagree with what I'm saying, but if you think there's any truth in what I'm saying, you ought to be humbling yourself this week, seeking his face and saying, oh God, forgive me. Not only forgive me, forgive my church. Not only forgive my church, but forgive all the churches in my city. Because we've been doing a lot of religion, but it's void of the Spirit. We've been doing a lot of Christianity, but it doesn't resemble Christ. You see, that's what John was warning the church about all the way back in his day. If you're gonna say you're a Christian, if you're gonna say you're in Christ, then your life better look like it. Otherwise, maybe you ought to be quiet. That was Paul's warning back then, how much more today? And again, this should be a wake-up call. This This should be a warning to say, okay, God's given us a chance. Just like Jesus did with Revelation 2 and 3 in the churches. He'd say, hey man, I see you're doing good here, you're doing good here, but I got something against you. That's Jesus talking. Jesus, what do you have against me? Search my heart. See if there's any wicked thing. Search my life. Search my relationships search my intentions of my heart, see if there's any wicked thing in me, forgive me, O oh Lord, because I wanna follow you, and I wanna keep following you. And in order to do that, I need to be full of the Spirit. So I'm gonna humble myself, and I'm going to acknowledge the truth, and acknowledge when I see truth that I know I'm not living in. Am I really out there proclaiming the gospel? Am I being opposed by people because I'm sharing the gospel? Jesus warned his disciples, he says, I'll guarantee you this, if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. So all you have to do is ask yourself the question, are they persecuting you? If not, there's a good chance it's because you're not full of the Spirit and you're not sharing the gospel everywhere you go. The fruit of being full of the Spirit is that you share the gospel. Number two, devotions are a joy. Can you imagine sitting down with Jesus at night, talking, praying, being in his presence, loving him, him loving you, you experiencing things with him you've never experienced before. The next day you get up, he heals the sick, you You're astounded at what he's doing. You're seeing the works of the kingdom. You're seeing the culture of the kingdom advance. You're so excited to be with him. The Holy Spirit is the one to lead you into the throne room, to lead you to to Jesus and to the Father, and for you to have that exact same experience today as if he's right here with you. If that's not you, then you might be running on empty. And again, my, my, my goal in saying this is not to condemn anyone, not to shame anyone. Guess what? I've been empty many times. And in fact, right now, I would say I'm not at full, full, full strength. My goal in pointing it out is to say, hey, he wants to fill you with so much more. All you gotta do is put up the sail. Humble yourself. Begin to ask it, God, Help me to begin to share your word with people. Help me to share Jesus with people, even if I'm persecuted. And Lord, now in my time of prayer, draw your presence, God. Change me, speak to me, give me life, God. Show me in your word beautiful and wonderful things. I wanna have a sweet fellowship with you. And when that's there, the filling of the Spirit comes. When you seek him with all your heart, you will find him. And when you find him, your life is going to be full of the Spirit. And all the fruits that come with it, love, joy, peace, kindness, long-suffering, perseverance, it's all going to be bearing not only in you but all around you with the people around you. Everybody is going to want a piece of that. Here's a good question. What do people call you about? When when stuff's going wrong and they need prayer, do they call you? Do you have that kind of reputation? You see, back in the book of Acts, you remember uh, there was a problem in the church. You had kind of this Jew-Gentile thing going on, the Hellenistic Jews and the other Jews, and their wives were being neglected with the daily giving of food and things like that. And so the apostle said, hey, man, this is important. we got to take care of this, but, but we got a lot of other stuff to take care of. We need to choose out seven other men to take care of this duty. And he says, choose out men full of the Holy Spirit. And then they chose them out. One of them was Stephen. He gets stoned a little bit later for sharing the gospel. <laughs> because he was full of the Spirit. See, there's an antagonism between the spirit of this world and the spirit of Christ in you. And when you confront that with the gospel, it's gonna be sparks. Are you ready for it? What are people relying on you for? What is your reputation? Those men had a reputation of being full of the spirit and full of wisdom and full of faith. And the faith we're gonna talk about next week. That was their reputation. When somebody is being demonically oppressed, do they call you? When somebody's wanting to go deeper in the word, do they call you? When somebody is wanting a spiritual breakthrough in their life, do they call you? Is your phone ringing off the hook because your reputation is, I am full of the spirit. And if I'm invited in, the spirit will work. See, that's not confidence in me, that's confidence in him. We are kings of the king. We have been given everything we need for life and for godliness. We need to start having a reputation of people being full of the spirit. Think about that, right? Go out there and survey. I've done surveys in almost every city I've ever lived in. I go around randomly to houses and hey, I'm taking a survey of you know, people's beliefs and whatever and I just ask people random stuff. What do you think of the church in your neighborhood? Bunch of hypocrites. Bunch of dead people. I left that church, I, used, I grew up in that church. You, you hear all the stories. Our reputation is not real good, people. And the only way we're gonna change it is when every one of us take responsibility and say, Lord, you've gotta fill me with the Spirit. You've gotta allow the fruit and the power and the faith of the Spirit to begin to move through me. Because if it doesn't, God, then how is anybody gonna accept the gospel when they think of the gospel in such negative terms? And so you're responsible for me, and I'm responsible for you. See, you're not just responsible for yourself. Remember, be careful how you build the temple. This is the temple, the body of Christ. How are you building? Are your interactions causing people to be filled with the Spirit, filled with faith? Filled with power, or is it just filled with talk? Is it just filled with empty conversation? Is it causing people to go to their knees? Is it, is it causing people to hunger and thirst for Jesus? Not out of a duty, not out of just a dry piety and religion, but because there's a stirring in you of the Holy Spirit. I'm meant to to ignite that in you and you're meant to ignite that in me and we're to ignite that into each other until it becomes a blaze. That any old wet wood can be thrown on the pile and it too will soon catch on fire. You see, from the very beginning of Genesis, one thing begats another thing. Like begats like. An apple tree seed bears apple trees. If we're all full of the Spirit, guess what that's going to beget? Other people who are full of the Spirit. But if we're all running on empty, guess what that's going to beget? Some new believer gets all excited, gets filled with the Spirit. Woohoo! And then pretty soon, oh, goodness. Woo. <sighs> all right, I guess this is it. This is life in the church. Another song, another sitting. Where's the life? Where's the promises? Where's the healings? Where's the deliverances? Where's the making of the disciples? Is that fruit bearing out in you? Is it bearing out in me? Or are we running on empty? How do we put up the sale? We humble ourselves. We acknowledge these realities. We don't run from these, oh, no, 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 no. We're all pretty filled with the Spirit, right? Right? No, the fruit's not there. The fruit is just simply not there. So let's acknowledge it. Then we begin to seek his face. You see, this goes all the way back to uh, Chronicles 7th chapter. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and seek my face and then turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven and I'll pour out these things. Ultimately, in our day, he'll pour out the Holy Spirit and we'll be filled with that Holy Spirit. You see, our sails will now be put up. And when he brings the power of the Holy Spirit, we're gonna be moved by it. The sail, the wind hits the sail and it moves the whole ship. And now the ship is alive. It's moving. It's going somewhere. It's got a mission. And that's what we're meant for. You were created for this, I was created for this. Why would we sell ourselves short for anything less? I'm asking you, I'm compelling you, get on your knees and seek his face until you experience a more filling of the Holy Spirit. Because without it, it could be just religion without the Holy Spirit. It could just be Christianity without Christ. It could be a salvation with no regeneration, just as William Booth said it would be. Let it not be true of us, amen? Let us have hope. Let us be encouraged. Let us have faith to believe that God is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek his face. If we believe that, then we're gonna seek. And if we seek, we're gonna find. And when we get filled with the Spirit and we begin to see the move of the Spirit and the power of that life moving in us and through us and all around us and people are coming to Christ and people are being delivered and people are, 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 you know, relationships are being reconciled, people are forgiving one another. Who doesn't want to be in the midst of the culture of the kingdom? Who doesn't want to be walking with Jesus? Well, let us walk with the Spirit. For when we walk with the Spirit, we walk with Jesus. When we don't walk in the Spirit, we're not walking with Jesus. Father, we need you. You are the creator of the heavens and the earths. You are the creator of the winds. Nobody knows where the wind comes from, where it originates from, or where it is going. But you do. So it is with those who are born of the Spirit. They shall be filled with the very presence of God. They shall be filled with his love and his joy and his peace. And they shall be called the children of God. This is who we are. Because everywhere we go, we'll bring the peace of God. We'll bring the peace of Christ into homes and communities. But God, you said without the Spirit, we're not gonna see any of this stuff. We're not going to see the fruits that you promised we would see. And so, God, we're asking you, take us into the promised land. We want to see the land filled with milk and honey. We want to taste and see just how good it can get. So, God, we need you. Holy Spirit, come. Every sale right now, I just just ask God that every heart that's hearing this message, who would put up the sail right now with humility and acknowledge, Lord, forgive me for running in my own strength. Every sail going up right now, God, all of us, putting all the sails up and saying, come Holy Spirit, fill us, fill us your people, and move us forward with you, Jesus. We wanna follow you. We wanna be with you. We wanna fellowship with you, Jesus. And so we wanna walk in the Spirit Teach us by your spirit how to do this in an abundance. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Say in history, we're on a cross they made for sinners. For every curse is blood atoned.
4: We love you, Jesus. You have bought us with a price and you have filled us with your spirit. We wanna hail you as king everywhere we go. We want people to know you are the king and we give you all praise and honor in Jesus' name, amen. In closing, I have a couple announcements. In fact, there's an opportunity to to apply what we just talked about. The second Saturday of every month, we have a food distribution. It's this next Saturday at 8.30 a.m. at CHS. Um, Friday morning, we're packing the food boxes and caring ministries at 9 a.m. And love to see you guys there. But those of you who have ever gone, have you ever gone there asking God to fill you with the Spirit? Asking God to speak to you about the people you're giving food to? And is there anything that the Holy Spirit would prompt you to say or to do or to pray? And he may not. You may ask and you may not be prompted by him to do anything special other than just, hey, love you, here's some food, bless you. But if you do that every time, I guarantee he'll start prompting you. He'll say, ask about her daughter. Hey, ma'am, here's some food. Hey, this might seem strange, but do you have a daughter? I've done this many times where the Spirit's prompted me. And the person just starts breaking down in tears. Yeah, she has cancer. And it just opens up this opportunity to share Jesus and to pray and to pour out the love of Jesus. Look to be filled with the Spirit at this food distribution. Everywhere you go, asking Him to fill you, speak to you, show you how to minister to people in the love of Jesus. Just like Jesus did it. Right? For those of you that are new, uh, you wanna connect with us, may, maybe I hope this message has stirred something in you that, that would cause you to wanna be more filled with the Spirit. Uh, there's an opportunity to talk with people after this on the Zoom hangout. You can type in there and talk to the person. I'm sure they, you can, they'll direct you if you don't know how to get a part of it. But we wanna connect with you. And again, pray, I pray you guys, if you get a chance to talk, pray into this. Ask God to show you, teach you, fill you, to live out the fullness of this life in Christ. And finally, again, just once again, thank you, everybody. Thank you for the partnership that you've committed to to this body of Christ, through your giving, not only of money, but of your time and of your energy and of your prayers, of your worship, of your service to God. It means a lot because without each other, we're all kind of left to, left to ourselves. Let us not neglect the assembling of ourselves together, right? And we've kind of neglected that in different forms. Find a way, if not this next Sunday, find a way to gather together with other believers. We need each other. We need this partnership. We need to pray for each other so that we can be walking in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Amen? All right. So again, next Sunday, September 13th, You're invited here. All of you come, please. Obviously, again, some of you might have conditions or certain things you're worried about, and that's okay. It'll still be on live service. It'll it'll be live streaming it. Uh, But reach out through email. Reach out through Zoom. Reach out through a text. In some way, connect with us or someone in the body and gather together to pray, to worship, and encourage each other in Jesus' name. Amen? God bless you guys. See you next week. Till then. Bye-bye.